Welcome to South End Supporters, a St. Louis City SC podcast brought to you by RPR Renovations and Postal Coffee. David Heck alongside Eric Cole. And Eric, it was another hot one at City Park on Sunday night, but the result we were looking for as City completes the sweep over Austin in a wild one, 6-3. to three. Man, oh man, did it feel good being back in City Park and a dominant St. Louis win. Boy, did I miss that, and it was just a great night overall. Yeah, the heat feels different with a win, we felt, because look, we had the League's Cup game against Club America. It's been, shoot, almost a month ago at this yeah, point. I can't it was believe it's brutally been hot that night, I, and I said the hottest, probably the hottest game that I've ever experienced, last, last our Sunday night, I should say. Uh, was very warm, for sure. Yeah. Probably not as hot. At least I didn't think there might have been a little bit more of a breeze in this one than there was against Club America. Uh, but regardless, going into it and getting a win coming out the other side as opposed to having to deal with the heat and a loss. like yeah. I, feel, I don't really feel bad, but kind of feel bad, or at least empathetic towards the uh, Austin fans that made the trek up north for this one because it had to be brutally hot up there where they were at. Yeah. And uh, they didn't have a lot to cheer for. No, no, not on that night. I'll let you keep your uh, feeling bad for them. I don't have any sympathy for them. But we got into an interesting discussion on that topic where you and I kind of differ a little bit, whereas you said you would prefer that 20-degree game. Oh, man. Whereas for me, I'd prefer the heat games. So I'm kind of curious to see where everybody else falls on that category would you rather that because it's a difference between it comes out as 20 degrees but it feels like three right whereas that night it was i think 94 around game time but it definitely felt dude it it felt hotter it was so gross the uh and i think the 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 best way to describe it or the best way to to really talk about just how awful it it felt and and just how sticky and just humid and and everything when we walk around hellcat before the game they had caution signs down because the the floor was so slippery oh man it was like an ice skating rink out there Uh, and and, yeah and you could see all the condensation on the the windows you couldn't even really see outside at times because of all of it and just all that humidity and, and moisture and just this gross just Ugh, just it was terrible like so for me and again growing up playing baseball as I've said on this before and my dad who you know South End Stan as he's you know be, been known as here on this on this podcast we both would always have preferred the heat and for some reason it's just not the case and I would I would gladly gladly take the 20 degree 15 degree whatever I'll bundle <laughs> up I'll I'll cuddle with you if I if I need to to stay warm it's fine but you can't do that in the heat and it's just it was a miserable it's just a miserable feeling I think see for me the cold is just painful oh you're sitting there and I know you can layer up and everything like that but I mean you you try and find that like fine line between you don't want to over over layer and then you you can't start sweating a cold like that but for me I just always under layer it seems like and so my joints hurt and like pain sets in. Whereas heat, it's just, I can drink liquids and stuff like that. That night kind of, I found, especially Sunday night, I just got lost in the game to where I didn't notice the heat as much club America. Like there was no, what well, was denying. It was, it was really, it was more packed for club America as well. So. Sure. But like you said, and again, I don't know if we were hallucinating again or what, but there was like a, we actually felt like a little bit of a breeze at times. And it was like, it was very subtle, but I mean, when you're sitting in stagnant air and it's just hot like that, anything, it feels like you're in an AC unit at that. Point. I was like, Oh, this is that. Do you feel that? Am yeah. I the only one? It's, it's South and Stan just breathing on me right now. Like, what am I feeling right now? Well, the, the best thing about the, the cups and I'm actually drinking out of one right now these refillable reusable uh, aluminum cups they have the city branded cups that you get with beers or, or sodas um, at city park is that they they get very cold yeah. so you throw some ice in there and like it's it's it feels great the issue is is they for the second game in a row they ran out of ice in the ice machines yep. last on Sunday night and so we keep saying last night. I mean, this is going to come out on Tuesday. We're recording on Monday. Hey, we've been living last on a night. high since Sunday, <laughs> so it just feels like last night. Man. Well, it was last night. Um, yeah. We are recording on Monday night. So it's last Sunday night, though. Um, you know, we don't know when pe- people listen on Fridays sometimes. We don't this know when people true. listen to. So just to avoid confusion, right? Sunday night, uh, they ran out of ice again. So they had people scooping 
ice into cups for people uh, right outside the bat, like in between the bathroom and the uh, and the soda and ice machines. Oh, really? I didn't even see side. that. Okay. Yeah. So there was a, a lady that was standing there with a scooper, and she would scoop ice into cups because again they ran out of ice. And I saw you come back with a drink. Yeah. You had no ice. No, on. I I was sitting there doing the. I was that annoying guy holding up the line, just thinking I'm doing something wrong yeah. because there's no ice coming out. But yeah. So I went up there. This is honestly one of the grossest things i've ever seen in in person before um but i went up to get ice initially and the lady had scooped ice into my cup she didn't put a lot in there so i was like should i ask for more i don't want to be greedy because we're obviously on somewhat of an ice shortage tonight uh so i walked away and i kind of like walked around the concourse a bit at halftime and I would like eat the ice and like, you know what? So I'm, I'm going to go back and get more for sure. So I walked around actually inside the store and because uh, there's air conditioning in there. So I was like cooling off, <laughs> eating the ice. Just, just like, oh, yeah. Just checking out the prices on yeah, things. Yeah, for a yeah, while. yeah, yeah. I mean, just it felt really, really nice in there. I, there. There is one area where the vent comes down pretty strong right by the hat. So I was like checking <laughs> out each individual hat. <laughs> Just like standing there, and hopefully nobody says anything or notices. But yeah. I go back out to get ice, and the lady was gone. But there were three bags of ice sitting there, and the scooper was next to it. And I'm not kidding you, four people with their hands in the bags of ice, putting oh, it into their cups. No, and it's and I saw one guy walk out of the bathroom. Oh no! I'm assuming he washed his hands. Why are we having so many issues with the bathroom? And, uh, immediately, immediately come from the bathroom mm-hmm. and stick his hands directly into the ice bag and proceed to put it in his cup. And then somebody then came up behind them mm-hmm. and put that ice in into the cup as well, which is how I know that the heat is worse than the cold <laughs> because nobody would, there's no equivalent of that in the cold. I don't think like people would be dipping their hands into like the hot cocoa or whatever. Right. no, they're literally doing this into ice and it's so miserable and so disgusting outside that people would just forego any concern about hygiene at all and stuff dirty ice cubes into their mouth. I mean, how do I win, win an argument over pea ice? I you, mean, there's you, no, you can't. there's no argument. I mean, maybe we'll put a poll up again and see what other people prefer. But I mean, now that you put that story up there, I mean, everybody's just going to be thinking of pea ice. And yeah, it really, it really bothered there. me. And maybe I'm like a, a bit of a germaphobe. germaphobe, perhaps. But that was gross. I thought. No, I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, from where you're describing it, I kind of understand where you're saying it. And yeah, I it don't care where in it was between that. the you bathrooms. You cannot have people putting their hands in ice. Same no, thing. yeah, like no, that. That yeah. just not. It's not a good. It's just not good. No, I get you. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, hey, look, it was hot. We had a great time. Um, our our buddy Ben Zaring, who's a yeah. loyal listener, Southland supporters, came out, rocked his Southland supporters hat. We had Loved four it. of us sitting over there in, the, in those couple of rows. Yeah. Um, guy behind us has a hat now as well, which is great. Yeah. So uh, that little area is starting to grow a bit, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. He said he had a great time. Obviously, saw nine goals, six six to the good. Yeah, crazy. Um, so you you really couldn't have asked for anything else. City with the win improves to so fourteen wins now, with uh, with two draws and eight losses. They sit atop the West as they've been now for the majority of the season. Forty four points, only seven points back of Cincinnati for the supporter shield at this point yeah. and lead the West by uh, a decent margin. I think seven as well. Yeah. yeah seven points over uh, probably LAFC, LAFC, think, but yeah. I think LAFC has a game in hand, but still, I mean, great yeah. gap to have 49 goals for now uh, to just, uh, and, and then a 19, a plus 19 goal differential. And to put that in perspective, Columbus has been pretty consistent all season long as far as leading the charge and goals for yeah um and then you've seen uh, columbus also with goal differential with the six goal win last night city now has the most goals for it 49 goals uh most in the entire mls over columbus is 48 and it's 11 more goals than vancouver who has 38 who sits second in goals for in the west that's how dominant this offense has been I get asked all the time where the best place is to watch City games, and the answer is always the same. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, and it's not even close. Not only can you watch every single home-and-away City game surrounded by fans, but you can do it while enjoying the best pizza in the area. Now... 
I like the Murphy pie, which is chicken, wing sauce, green onions, blue cheese, and jalapeno ranch. But maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're more of a fan of a traditional pizza. Then check out the Dogtown with Italian sausage, pepperoni, and pepper bacon. Or maybe you're like my partner Eric over here and you like a little bit of both. It doesn't matter what your tastes are because you can order any of the pizzas at Felix's by the slice. But it is no ordinary slice. Felix's offers the largest slice you are going to find anywhere in St. Louis. So mix and match. Try different pizzas. Just make sure to save room for their award-winning double-trashed wings in Buffalo, Jalapeno Ranch, or Thai Chili. And if you're looking for something to do during the week, head to Felix's every Tuesday night for stoned trivia to test your knowledge in the most fun bar trivia around. Even if you're not a trivia buff, you can still win great prizes, so show up at 7 and be ready to have some fun. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, located at 6401 Clayton Avenue in Dogtown, and check them out online at Felix's Dogtown. All season. Yeah, they've been, I mean, fantastic, and especially at home. It just seems like we, we don't see any really boring games at home i think there's been the one game where there's maybe one goal in it but other than that i mean we put them in and kind of just to prove to that fact we're actually the only the third expansion team in mls history i mean again city just keeps adding to their creating history total but we're the we're the third team in uh expansion team in mls history to have 10 games or more with three or more goals scored for the good so um the only other two are atlanta in 2017 and then chicago um, in 1998, Chicago were tied with Chicago on 10 and then Atlanta had 12. So, I mean, if we get two more games where we're putting in three goals or more, I mean, we again equal another total record, but they just, yeah, I mean, we're kind of an all or nothing offense. And when we go for it, we go for it big. Yeah. And they, they certainly did. And you mentioned that too, like the records, this team continues to sort of compile some of them or at least be in the running for some of them. The other one that stands out is is Sunday night. City earned its ninth home win in its MLS expansion season, and currently that's third all-time in MLS. So Atlanta has 11. Okay. Charlotte and Montreal are tied with 10. So just one more win, and you're, you're tied at second place, uh, most all-time by an expansion side. Atlanta, of course, has 11. Four more home games, not easy ones. Uh, you've yeah. got Dallas, you've got LAFC, you've got Kansas City, and you've got Seattle. But you win two of those, and you're in rarefied air atop uh, with Atlanta as far as the team that has the most home wins in MLS history for an expansion team. Yeah, you're right. Tough opponents. But, I mean, what we've wanted and what every team should desire to have is their home field being a fortress, and that's what City Park has become. I will never get tired of hearing it. It happens every week when you watch the Apple broadcast. The announcers uh, calling the game, they comment on the atmosphere that City Park delivers. And they were nothing but good things to say all throughout the night. I mean, multiple throughout times throughout the game, whether it was the beginning of the game, they were talking about how great that atmosphere is. All throughout the game, they were still talking about, listen to this crowd. And, you know, when we had uh, debuts come on, which we'll touch on later, you know, you heard that crowd noise. But especially after every goal, I mean, this team, they are this, you know, fan base is wild for this team and it really does help your team out in the stretch down the road especially in those tough games or those tight games or we found another person to give the boo bird to in the game which we look for i mean for me anyway i look forward to finding that guy every night and it's just like who are we gonna just make sure he has a terrible game tonight the best part too is that he was he took corners oh on our end (laughs) it was fantastic because i made that i was like i was like man i wonder if he's going to take the corner because we we laid into him for uh what i thought was a pretty bad call uh or bad no call i suppose but man so um and so uh and so once that happened right and i'm like i wonder if he's going to take the corner and then he did not too long after that and we we let him have it well what i loved is like you know because like you said our buddy ben it was his first game there and so like you're trying to explain like you know what kind of happens we took him around the stadium and showed him some of the new things that they added to the same which we saw for the first time um on the east side they got a couple murals where you walk one way it shows one picture you walk the other way uh it shows another super cool but just showing him all the restaurants and all the fine eating that, you know, City Heart Park has. And as he did, as we all do, he had a tough time even deciding on what to do because, I mean, you're throwing 15 different amazing options at him at once. It's like, I don't even know, man. But 
Yeah, you're. We're just kind of explaining, like, you know, every game we kind of find one guy on a bad call, and I was telling him that after that call in the incident with Blom, and then it was kind of a while before that guy got involved in the game a little bit, and so I. Whenever he came over, the, we were like, oh, he's taking the corner. I even kind of said, I hope we remember that happened. And sure enough, City Park never forgets. And, yeah, we let him know in that corner when he took it. And uh, it, it wasn't even that bad of a corner, but, like, just yelling that, you know, it was terrible. It just felt really good, right? Because that's what it's all about. It's one just thing making I, all kind of noise and saying all kinds of random stuff to uh, – I don't even know if they can hear it, but uh, yeah. but it feels good, you know? I, I love that we're in the stands yelling how bad – professional soccer player kicks a ball somewhere we're like that was terrible and it's just like as we're sitting in the stands that was uh mimo rodriguez oh yeah was, number uh, 30 number 30 yeah we won't we won't forget that one for a, a little bit because it was a a pretty soft foul people um, don't forget people don't forget uh it was blom's fifth yellow card yeah and so he will have to sit a game due to yellow card accumulation mm -hmm. not ideal it's been sort of a, a a bit of a concern now for a bit because you know we we've we've said this we love Blom we're big Blom supporters on this on this podcast for sure he has taken some silly some silly yellow cards right um, and we said earlier a couple episodes ago like man you got to be careful of this because one of these times you know you're gonna need that tackle that causes the yellow and then you look back and you think man I can think of out of the five you know at least three that you look back and go, man, those were just stupid yellows to take. Stupid yellows to take, yeah. There was there was one we were talking. I think it might have actually happened twice, back-to-back -back games with Vancouver and Houston. Certainly the Vancouver game was late in the game where he had gotten one for delaying uh, on a throw-in. Right. And it might have been on the same deal for Houston, too. Those games were back-to-back, -back and they were similar scores. So it's they're, they're kinda, they kind of run together a little bit. Um, but... Uh, but again, those are the things there that you're looking at is like you need to have those. It's like you need to have those things in the bank, right? You don't want to be able to because you've taken a silly yellow. Now, all of a sudden you, you get what probably shouldn't have been a yellow on Sunday night. Yeah, no. You know, if that does happen, that situation does come up. You know, you should have a couple of, of, of cards to give, essentially, at that point. But he didn't have any because of those ones that he had early. So, unfortunately, you know, he's going to have to sit. He's going to have to sit against a pretty tough Orlando team on the road, which yeah. is not ideal. Um, but regardless, like, they haven't been at full strength all year. So it's, Yeah, why it's, start now? Yeah, it's just one of the – right when you start to get guys back, right? And, right. and all of a sudden now Blom's got to go out. Um, Formation-wise, it's been pretty familiar. You know, we, we really mm -hmm. haven't seen – uh, the initial starting back line in in several weeks with Nerwinski and, and Nelson joining Hebert and Parker, but instead it's been Yarrow and Watts, and they continue to play really well. Yeah, they're doing great. Uh, Stroud and Alm out wide. You had Leuven. We mentioned Blom in there, and then uh, AZL Jackson uh, with Nico up top, mm -hmm. and uh, I, it worked. <laughs> I mean, just, it worked. Uh, yeah, you look at it, I mean, especially coming back with a nice little break, it just looked like, you know – the comfort of knowing that you could probably throw out one of your stronger lineups out there. And I think that's what we did. And it's just great now kind of really learning the team and learning, you know, the experience and seeing what all these players have to offer. Just also realizing now what kind of depth we have coming off the bench. You know, it's, it's good when you put out a strong starting lineup like that or starting 11 and you have people going, man, where's so-and-so or how's so-and-so not in the starting lineup. That's kind of what you want almost because you want people feeling like, this guy who's coming off the bench is just as good as the guy in his position. And now with we, we got all these, you know, Nielsen coming back, you know, Klaus, who knows whenever. Right. Two, but to four, two to four weeks. Yeah, right. But it, it it's good internally as well for that team because, you know, people have to be at their best because, you know, if you're not, you can be replaced real quick. And so I thought we put out a great lineup there. You had Alm with that speed on the one side of the wing uh stroud's more known for his creative and just kind of in your face mentality um nico i thought he had a great game az's been super creative and just really on form lately and then i just love that combination of leuven and blom in the middle where blom just kind of hangs back and does the dirty work and gives leuven just the freedom to just boss the game and i really felt he did that i thought i mean I know Nico at the end of the game got the man of the match, and you could definitely make a strong case for Nico on that because I thought he had a great game. I have no complaints on Nico that night, but Leuven, to me, just bossed that game. I mean, he just looked creatively great. I mean, he three assists on the night, and honestly, I'm rewatching the game today. I think he could add four, but yeah. um, 
it just I thought that was a great lineup coming out, and I even put it like it's just so nice after a, a break, you know, that we've had seeing a starting lineup come out again and getting that excitement like that's a strong lineup I like this well I mean look at the end of the day the league's cup was fun to watch and we'll, we'll spend some time diving into it because it's definitely a, a big story around not not just this league but but also uh, league MX as well but for all intents and purposes just doesn't really matter right now right it's like right. We, we're sitting at the top of of the table in the west we're trying to win an MLS cup right like that to me is is the number one priority so all things considered while yeah i mean maybe it would have been fun for a bit to have a nice long run in the league's cup um, this is a team that's been plagued by injuries for the most part all exactly. season long let's go ahead and just take this nice long break and get everybody rested and healthy and and come back and and do what you've done all season long which is score a lot of goals and and outscore yeah. opponents and, and get three points um so I, i'm totally content with the way that all of that went down like i said i mean it was a fun tournament to watch and and all of that but similarly like the way i feel about the u.s open cup which at the time that was going on for city you know this was like at the beginning of the klaus injury and we didn't know what the status of that was and i'm not even sure if, if blom was really playing a lot at that point um so you you've always had situations come up with these with these midseason cups that uh, it's like do you prioritize it or do you prioritize the league and I, I think that that that's the number one call when you're when you're a team that's playing the way they're playing no that's a you brought up a great point there I think had we been flip-flopped and maybe where other people expected us to be on the uh, as far as the MLS league and stuff and we're you know struggling there yeah I agree that's where you kind of look and you go I mean Look at Miami, Miami, who ended up winning. They're dead last in the league. So why not throw the kitchen sink at that league and just go for it? Whereas we're on the opposite. We've been injury-plagued a lot throughout the year, but we're also sitting atop of the West you know, going into the tournament. So while, yeah, it would have been great to – and I don't think we necessarily like tanked the, the the league cups or anything like that. It was a really tough pool. Yeah, I mean, we got we, we were just you know going to be in a tough situation just being an expansion team where we were drew anyway. So um, – I, I yeah I, I I was fine having that little break. I like that we still got you know a friendly in with Atlanta, which we didn't really we forgot to touch on, but we did have a friendly um last week in Atlanta where we drew three three. It looks like we came back from like three zero or three one, so it's good to see you know that fight still there. And so, but also there's a lot going on. We got people coming back from injuries. We had Nielsen do two city two games, which we got to you know see him and he built his confidence, getting two goals in that time. We've also had two signings where it gives us that little bit of time to get them incorporated in training and learning our style of play and everything like that. So, I mean, it was a, a kind of for me a question mark on how we were going to come out coming back from that long break. And, man, I just feel like we didn't disappoint. And I, I know the scoreline, you know, still looks like a pretty dominant win. But in my eyes, I feel like the way that game was that night, it was more dominant than what that scoreline even shows. I think that game should have been 6-1. Oh, six, I, know, I mean, I, I think the defense started to tire out a little bit at the end. They, they got a little lackadaisical, um, but it was really dominant. I, I mean, I, I agree with that completely. And And honestly, on the flip side of that, I think Berkey played better than a three-goal lead would show. Exactly. He made some really nice saves. That one that he made, it was like point-blank point range. Dude, the, he deflected Jerusi. it about 40 rows up into the supporter section. It was unreal. And, like, you know, from our angle, it was on the opposite of the stadium. We were kind of like, did we get a touch on that? And even the replays, like, they tried slowing well, it, it down so fast. to show it was, us. It was blasted. But when you watch it, I watched it back uh, today, you hear that tat-tat. Like, yes. him hit the boot, and it hit off Berkey. And it was just like, oh, my God. And, the, yeah, he made that save on uh, Zardis. And, then like, saves throughout the night where you, it's he funny. Six, he had six of them. I mean, and great saves. Yeah. And you just look back and you go, man, he deserved – a little better and you could kind of see towards the end he was even kind of yelling kind of like come on let's finish yeah. this out and we kind of touched on it that night we were talking about it like two goal leads man they're so dangerous because you feel safe because you know you got the two goal lead but man if that team gets one and then it's a one goal lead they have all this momentum and this like they're kind of pressuring you then you trying to pick it back up late in the game is tough and we saw it the second that whistle blew all the defenders i mean they kind of collapsed so you could tell they were 
they were feeling that heat, but also just the exhaustion. Well, it was crazy the swings that took place from like the 85th minute on. That second well, they scored half. three goals in the from like the 85th minute on, like <laughs> yeah. total, right? Yeah. Um, it was it was wild. But yeah, the second half was was wild. So as we we kind of get into the game itself, like it was pretty incredible just again the amount of of offense that took place and it was vintage city for me it was like they were flying around again they were playing with that swagger that confidence but uh i think we have to take a step back before we really get into what took place and understand what took place on august 20th we got to go back to february 28th 25th way back february 25th first game of the season in austin Mm -hmm. who scored that first goal Man, that's a trivia question that I will never forget. Tim Parker, baby. Hey, if you're a coffee lover like me, then you've got to try some of the best local coffee there is from Postal Coffee. Will over at Postal Coffee is super passionate about his roasting process, and it really shows in every bag. Every small batch is made to order from small visited sustainable farms, so you really get that great flavor and get that care in every order. Also, 20% of all profit goes to veteran suicide prevention. So not only are you getting a great tasting product, but you're supporting a great cause as well. And if you use the code SOUTHEND at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your entire first order. Nothing goes better to start your day than a new episode of Southend Supporters and a cup of Postal Coffee. So check them out on their Instagram at Postal Coffee Co. and check out their website at PostalCoffeeCo.com. And it was a header. Yep. And it was beautiful. Yep. What started the night on Sunday? Oh, man, that flying tomato, Tim Parker. My goodness. What a ball played in by Leuven. I turned to you. I said, it seems like they score more set-piece goals than any team. And that is, like, confirmed, right? I believe we lead the league now in set-piece goals. I mean, you just see and that aerial presence that we have. And first off, you're getting the delivery from Leuven and – um, we kind of touched on it with Zaring that night because there was one time where uh, Indy came in in the game later and he took the free kick and it was just hit a little different. And it's not anything towards Indy on the delivery or anything. It was just hit different. When you see Leuven put that ball in, and there were a couple times where he put it in and nothing came about it, but we even commented on the pace that he puts it in with the accuracy to where who knows what could happen. A deflection here or there, bodies crashing into each other, you know, if you're a defender, you go up thinking you got the header, but you're bumped off it a little bit with that pace. I mean, you we see own goals happen all the time. And he just put that ball in with pace. And, yeah, Parker, he just always seems to just want it more right. than those guys. And well, he's so aggressive, fearless. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you see it in his celebrations. I mean, they're classic just defender celebrations, flexing, fist pump, yelling at the stadium. It gets you fired up. And, you know, you off of that, you just felt it all night. Talk to me about that a bit because it, it reminds me of kind of a, like a lob almost in, in basketball where a point guard's got it, you know, towards the somewhere in between midcourt and the top of the key. And, you know, there's some sort of a visual or some sort of a play or a sign that, that gets whoever running towards the, uh, the basket. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, there's an alley-oop completed. Um, but I think a lot of that stuff's called this type of play like this, where you've got a guy taking a set piece, what type of communication is going on between him and the guys that are going to be crashing? Um, do they know if, and that was kind of far out, but like typically do they know if Leuven's going to go for goal or are they just going into a certain, you know, a specific situation or a specific spot on the field they know they got to be to and then maybe Leuven will put it there or is there something that they're communicating to one another before that happens it's like look I'm gonna put it here and, and you're gonna try and get up for it yeah I think I think it's a mix of a lot of that I think um, especially that free kick where he took it from I think you know majority of the people who come up that are looking to crash that header probably realize from that angle he just doesn't have much of a chance on you know, really scoring this. So they're probably thinking, all right, this ball is coming in. And I'm sure they work on set pieces throughout training to where it's like, I like to go here. But when you take free kicks like that, for me anyway, when I took them, I had in my mind who I was trying to find. And I think, you know, for them, it's got to be obvious at that point. this point, you're looking for those aerial threats. You know, Nico can get up there, but Parker, I think, has to be probably the first on the list. Um, I remember when I played high school, I, I, I was 
I took a pretty good long throw and we had a guy who was six, four. And in my mind, I could see kind of where he's setting up or where he's made. And then we kind of talked about it. I'm going to probably go in this area and Leuven, He's just got that skill that he knows I'm going to put it in this area. Cause I think Parker's probably going to crash there. So I think it's probably, and sometimes you will see kind of like head nods, like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going here and you know, I'm sure there's a little bit of that going in, but I'm sure they both have an understanding that our best Parker is going to go for the best spots that he thinks he can put himself in and where he thinks Leuven's going to go the ball. I think at this point it's pretty obvious Parker probably gets priority over, but you'll always have a, a front door or a, a near post runner who can maybe flick on. We've seen that throughout the year. And then you have a backport person in case there's a flick on and you're covering that back post for a tip. I think Parker's the guy you want going straight down the middle. Who's going to contest best for your headers. So you look that way. And I think Leuven's just thinking, I'm going to put it in this area. Parker, I hope he gets there. And it just seems to be a connection that these guys have going greatly all year. I think it's his fourth or fifth goal. And I think prior to that, Parker, I think, had two on a season like yeah. as his max. So they're just clicking right now. Yeah, and I mean, it shows. And, and again, I just he's the he's the guy, like you said, he's the guy you want to pick out for these set pieces. And you've got one of the best set piece takers in the league. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a match made in heaven. Exactly. And, uh, and and he's definitely reaping the rewards and, and what a goal it was. And again, just reminiscent a little bit of that first goal of the season when when he scored on the header on a set piece before, i thought that was so. super cool that the fact that that connected that way yeah it's so cool very cool against austin again so uh 1-0 and, and it came fairly quick but uh, not too long uh, towards the end of the second or sorry towards the end of the first half i should say i had gotten up um to go get some of that ice some as PS, i mentioned. yeah and uh and I, I i got up just before uh, the whistle blew right right about the 44th 45th minute uh, there the first half, so I actually missed the next goal. But Nico scored in uh, in that first half uh, stoppage time, and uh, really just like a long through ball played in by Leuven, and just mm -hmm. perfect. So this was Leuven's second assist of the game, and Nico did a great job not only um, not only dribbling around defenders, but just a, a tremendous shot, kind of banking off that far right post there. But mm -hmm. uh, two nothing. I mean, the place was exploding at this point, yeah. and uh, you really couldn't have asked for anything better. Yeah, they say one of the worst goals you could give up is like five minutes into a half and five minutes before the end of the half. And so for us yeah, to get demoralizing that, demoralizing, exactly. Yeah. And so again, pressing our own end, and then Leuven picks it up, and then with his left foot, just I mean, again, he was just on all night, and he played this beautiful ball down the wing and Nico picks it up running onto the ball, which again, we've talked about where Nico kind of does best more so than the holdup play is running off the balls and picking those up. That's why he played so well with Klaus. Exactly. And so what I loved on this situation is he just had this mindset for goal and you kind of saw it with him all night. He was just back to that swagger. Like I'm taking this mm -hmm. and he didn't hold up. He didn't hesitate. He took that guy one-on-one -on -one cause he saw it. it was him one-on-one -on -one with the defender pushes it. He cuts in towards the right hits it uh, hard and low off the post and in, and it was just a beautiful goal. And then one thing I noticed that City Park started doing that I haven't noticed throughout the other night, and it just caught a real quick, quick glimpse of it that we haven't noticed. Maybe they've done it, it's just been so loud, but we got a goal celebration music. Goal celebration And that was the music. first time I noticed it, and at first I was like, I thought this was almost like in baseball where batters have, uh, players have their walk-up song. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, players have their own like goal celebration song now but I, it ended up being like every goal but super cool to see now that we got what was it uh tail feather shake, shake yeah shake your tail feather. but they uh, play the, the great murphy lee and yes and p diddy but they play the part where it just says we do it for fun yeah and i don't know if it's a playoff of parker's little uh post that he does on social media where he just always says fun yeah like after he posts but i i loved it it was like yeah, yeah after especially after the league's cup we, we had to hear that stupid mariachi music when we were oh, getting just Terrible. destroyed it was like oh, okay i can get behind this music yeah. all right cool no it was great and uh i guess they're gonna do it because they did it for a dinner on's goals as well yeah so i it mean must be something they're gonna be doing all t i mean it just look another little thing that kind of adds to the atmosphere a bit exactly. and, and that's uh that's been nice you know giacchini played as well as he's played all season a couple of goals and he almost had a hat trick or could have had a hat trick he probably should have yeah uh he got a little unselfish there later in the second half which we'll talk about but he played amazing and deserving of man of the match. He was in team of the match day with Leuven and... Adinaran. Adinaran. Adinaran on the bench, Leuven and uh, 
Giacchini starting. So a lot of city red in that uh, MLS team of the match day. You'd yeah, I don't it. know what the odds would have been on a guy to come in in the 65th minute and get a brace. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great. But a dinner on did it, which is amazing. Um, so the fact the fact that you're you're planning on coming in as a sub and then are team of the team of the match that's day crazy. is pretty amazing. Um, the 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 fun thing about this six goal performance, we've talked about a couple of them now. But is that you can really kind of dive into what your your favorite goal of the night was? You know, you think about like exploring this kind of league wide and voting on or picking a, you know a, a goal of the week or a goal of the match day or whatever you want to call it. But you could almost do it a, a mini version of that inside of this one because there were so many scored. And for me, the best goal, my favorite goal of the night was was Nico's second, which came in the second half. Uh, one that we had a really nice view of it because he's coming down on the south end, streaking across that east side uh, uh, of of the stadium, of the pitch, I should say. Uh, but Rasmus Alm had, had ran up the other side, and, and it looked like Alm would have had a good shot from where we were sitting. Now, going back and seeing the replay of it, I don't think it was the case, and I think Rasmus Alm made the right decision to yeah. lay this off to Nico. Um, it looked like he did have a better angle where we were sitting. We're a little bit off center, um, you know, on that like Southeast end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then initially when he played it, I mean, the ball looked like it was coming towards us uh, and it didn't look like Nico was going to get there. To be honest with you, I didn't even see Nico in the play at all. I was focused totally on all and I mm-hmm. thought he was going to take this thing. Um, but he did not do that and instead played a very nice ball over to Nico. And it wasn't the initial shot, although, Looking at it, it looked like it might have went in anyway. The keeper did get a, 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 a touch on it, which was was rare for for Brad Stuber to uh, Sunday night, by the way, because a lot of goals, a lot of balls found the back of the net. <laughs> but um, but he did make a save on it initially, and then Nico just this super blue collar, gritty effort, getting back up immediately, finding the rebound and, and burying it was. To me, again, I thought one of the coolest, one of the best goals that that I've seen all season. Yeah, this was goal one of three where I yelled, what are you doing? And then it ended up working out. But yeah, because from our angle, it really looked like I did see Nico coming, but it it just looked like I, I thought Alm had the better option to take it on himself. And then when he played it, you're right. It just almost looked like he led him a little too far because you want to lead that player to where he's running in stride. But from our angle, it looked like he did it a little too far. And so then for credit to Nico to get it as on goal as he did with the outside of the foot outreached and then, you know, save. But then for him to get up and just, yeah, like you said, just want it more and get up and respond quicker and bury it at that point. uh, You just love to see that. And it just really it just felt like we were we weren't squandering opportunities that in the past has kind of hurt us we're in the final third we've either made the wrong decision or something like that even though i at the moment questioned it it worked out so it was nice seeing us take advantage of these opportunities that we're getting throughout the night yeah and the funny thing is it's it started to spawn a little bit of a of a i guess maybe maybe like the the nico supporters on facebook and and twitter have kind of come to his defense now um, because I think that Nico might be the most polarizing player on the team. I think that he probably gets the most, uh, I don't want to say like hate, but people probably are more critical of Nico than any of the other players. Um, but the guys that were not critical of Nico were out in full force. Like where are the Nico where are you at? at now? Where are you at? And there's nothing you could say about the guy. He played, he played as perfect a game as, as we've seen all season. He had a great game. And what I loved about him that night and the one thing that I'm, I guess you could say I am critical on him of and even the announcers kind of brought it up throughout the night is he's known for kind of you know just those going down and taking himself out of the play I don't think I can recall a situation throughout the entire night where when he went down it wasn't justified or it didn't actually earn a foul Um, I love that he was tough on the ball there was even one instance that he did go down where it was just a tangling of feet and and early on I think it was like the 12th minute where actually they gave a yellow card to the opposing team and then rescinded the yellow because it was just a clattering of feet which I didn't even know you could rescind a yellow I knew you could rescind a red because of VAR but I didn't know a yellow so that was something I learned that night but all night I just thought he looked like and maybe it is 
that emergence of knowing Klaus could be coming back. And I, again, we talk and, about and the way Adinaran's played. Exactly. And so maybe, you know, we talk about we kind of like having a little competition right. within the team. And, you know, Nico proved that night that, no, I'm, I'm still a guy. I, I, I still can provide and put away finishes. And that goal I love seeing because it just showed that he wanted it. Yeah. The, the, you mentioned the, re- the, the, the referee. Um, he, I don't think he had his best night. I think that it was. I think it was one of the po- most poorly officiated games that I've seen at City Park. That was initially a, a very strange call, just to make the call to begin with. And I, and I saw where he was at on the field. It was a the yellow card that you mentioned initially when Nico had gotten tripped up and fell. I'm not sure there was any contact at all. He might have just fell over his own feet. We thought Nico fouled him, <clears throat> right? And then it was like it was like wait, they. But he was, I mean, so far out of position to even make the call. And then, like you said, to go back and resend it, which was was kind of odd. But it should have never. I mean, the, the the foul shouldn't have happened to begin with. Uh, we'll we'll take it, and obviously it slowed down play and everything, but. Uh, which was, you know, on a, initially on on kind of a counterattack by Austin anyway. <clears throat> but um, what happened shortly after this, you know, is, is getting in like the 66th minute or 61st minute maybe um, was that handball that took place in, in the south end. Yeah. And uh, this was pretty obvious. We've, we've talked a lot on this podcast about handballs both going our way and not going our way and – going other teams' ways and not going their ways. And just kind of – it's it's such a weird call because there's so much chaos, I think, that can happen inside the box like that to where you will see defenders almost running with their hands behind their backs sometimes, yeah. right, just to avoid this. Um, Austin's defender did not do no. that at all. His hand was out, and the ball popped up and hit it. And they wouldn't even entertain looking at it. I was really confused by that play. I – we uh, entertain us just say lie to us be like yeah it's getting looked at there wasn't one instance and i kept my eye on the ref um just to see if like it looked like he was you know pointing to his earpiece like yeah they're telling me or something there was none of that and our players were all just like kind of like i think you said uh, berkey kicked it out even to try and like you, you yeah. try and like initiate that like hey go look at this and then i want to shout out to the video guy whoever's in charge of city park because normally I don't, and they even kind of commented on this uh, throughout the broadcast. Is normally you're, I don't think you're supposed to show a, like a controversial call up on the big screen in the stadium. They said that on the broadcast. I, yeah, they're really? like it's it's not really because you don't want to. You're not supposed to like I guess up show the ref. Show the and get, ref you know you know what? And I'm that guy for, for about up. two minutes played that thing on a loop yeah. and just had it slow mode down, and it was just blatant. It was I mean the hand was away from the body, the ball pops up, it's in the box. I don't get how that isn't even looked at. And then, you know, I, I agree that, you know, there shouldn't have been a yellow on that Nico situation or really even a foul, but that one gets looked at, but this isn't even getting looked at or the blom yellow where it's just like, I mean, there wasn't, so soft. there wasn't really an, an angle, I guess, but it, again, it was one that they didn't really entertain on looking at. And you think about that one has consequences. Now Blom's suspended. Right. And it was early on. I think it was like the 16th minute. So now Blom's playing in a very tough position on a yellow for the rest of the game where it, it really did kind of take him out of the game for the rest of the night. I think there was you one mention that I think there was one point where I looked over at you and I was like, you know, who we haven't really talked about tonight is bomb. Yeah. And he got subbed off kind of early. And I just, I just don't understand how that one in particular wasn't even discussed, looked right. at. And it wasn't like on the broadcast, normally on the broadcast too, they'll be like, it's being reviewed right now or VAR checks done. And it wasn't like, there was no mention of that. So to me, that one, and again, I love that they kept showing it. Just And you saw our players pointing at the video board, like, look at this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's slow-mo, and like I said, you're not really, I don't think, supposed to do that, but I love that we were doing that because it just, I mean, not that we weren't already up that ref's ass anyway, but oh like, my God, we, we were, were just letting them know, like, hey, we're, we're, we know what's going on right now. Now you mentioned earlier. Did you didn't you say that there were one of maybe three different goals you could have picked out as your, as your favorite? Did I hear you say that? I mean, you said it, but yeah. I, I agree with you. I I, mean, well, that was my that was my favorite one. But I, I got a, I got a feeling if I could guess maybe the the other two, I think this next one would have been would have been on your list as well. The Adeniran, uh goal that he hit on the outside of his left foot, which was pretty amazing. We talked a couple of weeks ago. We didn't realize he was left-footed until he took that initial PK, um, his first brace of the season, when he came back from San Antonio, which was on the road somewhere. San Jose. Okay, there you go. Um, 
But that was a really cool goal. I mean, he just yeah. comes on and uh, hits this thing off the outside of his left foot, going a, I mean, same goal, right, south end there where, where, where we're seeing it, but going kind of away towards the, the far right post of it. Really neat to be able to see it. Again, this goalie, Stuber, had just a, a really tough time with dealing with this attack, and it just got absolutely relentless. Funny to find out, like at the time, we didn't think much of it, we really needed that goal uh, yeah. because, you know, this was the fourth one and and, and Austin obviously uh, scored three. But, um, I mean, just really cool to see this thing take place. I thought it was just an interesting angle that we had from it and to be able to see this thing come off the, the, the outside of that foot and then just kind of, I don't know, kind of hook around, bend a little bit inside the, the, the right top corner was, was pretty awesome. This is goal number two that Eric was yelling the – like what are you doing? You didn't like it. Well, so, um, I I love the outcome, well, but of course. so this is who, also this is also where I thought Leuven could have maybe got another assist because the ball's played in. He heads it on. Sam picks it up on the left wing and he takes it down the field, and then he kind of takes away his angle going far, and Leuven comes streaking in towards the top of the box and he's pretty wide open. And from our angle, we actually had a good view of yeah. like, man, if you lay that off to Leuven, he's top of the box in the box pretty wide open so i'm yelling louvin louvin i'm just yelling it and then again i don't know where he got the power for this because it just looked like a very non i mean not nonchalant but just outside of the foot with the left foot that again is just making it even tougher right. and then i this just popped into my head the game we won against austin that night klaus got a goal to win it he did that outside of the That's foot right. peeler Oh Man, my goodness. it's all coming the full similarity. circle. Similarities. Well, I wild. know how he got his power. He's six five. Yeah, that's, you're and, right. And uh, he's just an absolute huge. But then he individual. buries it top shelf. Yeah. And then what I love is there's a still shot. Is right after he does it. You know, sometimes you'll see. You know, in different games where Lu players are still complaining because they didn't get the ball, but you just see Leuven do this like. Oh man, that's amazing! Yeah. Like goal. And again, we love seeing it. Sam's uh, since he's came back on loan has just been playing great for us and filling in and. It was just great seeing that power and just buried it, and it was a great goal. You knew, you knew who I thought played really well too, and we didn't. There's so many goals to talk about that you know people are inevitably going to get kind of left out of this particular episode. But it's Az man, like yeah, I think didn't right. he play the ball into um, to Rasmus Alm that when when Alm crossed it, I think he played a long ball. Like over the over yes, the top of that yes, midfield, yes. Right? For that, that was beautiful, and that was beautiful. Yeah, because it was almost kind of a blind. You're exactly right. Um, it was almost like a blind, and again, opposite foot. He picks up the ball on our half and just kind of turned, knowing that Alms making right. that run and plays him in beautifully. Yeah, you're exactly Cause, right. Because we're, we're we're talking about the Alm cross, and we're talking about the Nico finish. What we're not talking about is the AZ like setting that whole play up. Like that goal doesn't happen if AZ doesn't play the ball in the way that he did. And the reason why I call it out, and I'm not sure his involvement in the Adeneron goal, this one or even the next one, but what he was doing is just just a lot of energy to be able. And I like he was running, you know, full speed and being able to dribble around some defenders deep into that south end, which would have had to have happened late in the game when he's been out there all, all game long, yeah. you know, and probably felt like 110 degrees outside that yeah. night uh, on the field, maybe even hotter. But he just continued to keep that pace and that energy up. So I think it's easy to forget about what a guy's done whenever he doesn't necessarily make the stat sheet with goals or assists. But, man, he played – I thought he played great. No, you're exactly right. He didn't make the stat sheet, but what he did that night creatively and just – I love that combination of Blom, Leuven, and AZ kind of running that middle because Blom, just, he just does the dirty work. He handles the defensive duties and shores things up, and it just gives Leuven that freedom to be creative where, I mean, the play kind of starts with him, but if he doesn't see these long creative passes, what it ends up finding is a lot of times the players on the other team realize that Leuven's distribution skills are very well, and so they have to look out for those wings and those through balls, Nico, uh, uh, Alm with his speed and everything like that, or even Stroud being kind of sneaky in all, a lot of these runs, that what ends up happening that I find, see a lot of times is AZ finds himself with space, and AZ with space is super dangerous, and especially the more that he's building this confidence and getting yeah. a regular into the starting leveling. So I, you're right. He was very creative that night and even had a couple opportunities where he kind of got in on the break and maybe got a little excited and put him a little over um, on our end, but it, it's it's just great seeing him – growing confidence and seeing kind of 
this abil- the the way our players play off of each right. other and seeing him kind of whenever he finds his space and gets his space, he's super dangerous and creative and he's a great dribbler on the ball. You're right. He had a great game that night that maybe could be overlooked just because he wasn't on the stat sheet. Now, Eric, we love our seats. Section 149, row two. Great great view, especially when they're attacking down on the south end. We we talked about how we can uh, berate the corner kicker for the other team, and it's great to see the corners that are taken in that one from City. Uh, but what's the one thing all season long that's been missing one complaint that I have is just, man, when we get that goal, they don't come to us to celebrate. You did not have that complaint on Sunday night. No, we did not. Tomas Ostrak did it. <laughs> not only was it a great goal, but he came over to our side and celebrated. And there's an awesome photo that, I mean, like I'm kind of like half in that our buddy Ben Zaring is in a little bit as well. But, man, you're like arms are outstretched. You Dude. can see the tats and everything. <laughs> That is cool. Like I, that's something you could like blow up and almost frame. It's an awesome picture with with Ostrak and like the seven hands know, the behind the ears. Oh my god, like, dude! Just you. a really cool photo, really cool moment. Great goal, but super cool to have them. Fo- we thought we were gonna get it with Miggy one time. Yes, but to see Ostrak come over, um, that was that was a really special. That moment. that I mean, so like you said, so many goals on the night. But I mean, just for us wanting that all season. You think about you named it at the beginning of the show. How many goals have we scored? And think about all those goals that have happened at City Park and not a single one came to our side. <laughs> to just experience that once and just see the 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 swagger that he had after yeah. the beautiful goal and getting to just celebrate in that. And actually what I love about that picture is you're in it enough for in my opinion. I just love again watching you and South End Stan and just all of us on the South the South End supporters just grow in your fandom. And what I love in that picture is I don't think I've seen this like passion out of you. And if you look at it, you have one arm just yelling yeah, with Ostrock. Pointing, you're just yeah. you're just as into it as I am. I love that picture. It's so cool. It's an and awesome photo. Just to have it just finally. I know it's just a simple thing. And the North End's like, we get that all. Like, you don't realize how much we have wanted that all year. And just on a goal like that, which is a beautiful curling ball, his second touch, he comes in off the sub. It's his second touch of the game, and he comes in. Luva plays it into him, and he just finesses that thing far post. Oh, it was just all around. I mean, like you said, there's a case for four goals or so to be our favorite of the night, and that one's definitely contesting for And him. And a Luvin assist. I mean, another one. It's his third of the night. Like you said, was could have had potentially four, but yeah. but credited with three, and that, and that was it right there. Uh, just an outstanding performance by by him, and you know you mentioned Ostrak and and coming on like that and getting the touches and and, and actually getting that goal, but really cool. I don't know what prompted him to come to this side. <laughs> I don't care, but I don't uh, care. I hope, more I hope Ostrak his, goals. Yeah, let's get him going. Forty nine goals this season. Granted, not all scored at City Park. Forty nine total goals, and one of them one. was celebrated one. on RN. Oh man, uh, so very fun, very cool, and and like I said, that photo, man, is is really cool. You sent it to me today this morning and i hadn't seen it yet but that is that for real that's one that could be like framed that is a really cool photo well you know me and my like yeah. man cave area it probably right. probably will be yeah. shortly yeah. yeah you're gonna have about three vodka <laughs> tonics later and you'll be on some sort of frame or poster <laughs> site and you'll have it ordered for sure um the last one uh, worth mentioning is a dinner on second to officially get the brace Two break how many games have there been two braces in this i season? mean when city does it they do they, they goodness, double it up Joe they call Keeney? for a double Joe Keeney gets one, and, and Adeneron gets one. Adeneron's second of the season. Uh, but, man, I, you know, this, this goalie was This capped off so his, his night. I don't, how many times did he distribute the ball straight out of bounds? The, the, and we the we gave it to him all horrendous. night. Again, we point out, um, I know we harp on it all the time, one thing that makes Berkey so great is how great his distribution is, and you see it so clearly when there's other t- other teams, goalies, and this dude all night, it was just like – <laughs> what team or maybe he's betting on the game i don't know oh my god he played terrible and i mean you mentioned berkey and i kind of laughed but how about when berkey just blasted the guy in the face oh oh uh, man yeah wow. on our end too yes. and you like we talked about hearing that like thud thud that berkey made that point blank save there was no doubt that everybody in that stadium heard that right. thud from that dude's face oh my point god blank. dude that he had to be concussed that was brutal um a dinner on though again capping it off i mean brad stuver the, the keeper for um for uh austin 
you know, turn this thing over. And they've given up a lot of goals this year. I looked at this earlier. I think it was obviously six is, is not, not a great, not great for the numbers, um, but 38 goals allowed, which is tied with Portland for the most goals given up in the West. Really? Wow. 38 goals allowed. Um, you know, I mean, city's not even anywhere near that. And, no. and it's, it's, it's pretty, and, and like Austin hasn't been like terrible. I mean, they're kind of in a playoff spot. Like They've been on or a eighth or whatever. They're fifth. They made a decent run yeah. before uh, Leeds cup. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's been, it's been, uh, it's, uh, it's been rough as far as giving up goals. Now, granted again, six of them coming in one game is never good, but this guy played bad and it wasn't just the goals given up. You mentioned the distribution. This was distribution. He's playing an outlet pass and it goes right to Dinaron and Dinaron has it to keep it on and, and finishes. I don't know what he was thinking, thinking I'm going to throw it over a six, five right. guy. Yeah. And don't he's, pick it. he's throw trying it to... over AZ. Don't throw it over a <laughs> dinner. Exactly. He tries to throw it out to their wing across field too. He doesn't even, he's not even on the left side of like his box tries to go completely over and Sam's just like, okay, I'll take this. And this is goal three of the night where I was like yelling because Sam picks it up. He's on a breakaway. He's got a wide open goal. And I'm just thinking, just pass that thing in and let's get out of here. And I see him wind up and I'm like, what are you doing? And then just to confirm that one, two, three, you're out to let me know that I have no clue what I'm talking yeah. about ever buries it. I mean, buries it. Far post top bins just to kind of like seal off what was an amazing night at City Park because it was the last kick of the game and I loved it. Yeah, they just had enough at that point. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even think they took the kickoff. Like, no, I over. think the ref was like, "This What's is the it. point." Yeah, Let's there were people like falling over on the field at, at that point. Really, yeah, so. Yeah. Man, an incredible night. Uh, again, I, I'm excited for the weather to turn a little bit and not have the heat. Uh, I'm hoping we play some real cold weather games coming up, which will be nice. But, uh, you know, as it stands right now, City is on a tear again. They're back and playing with that, that swagger, which has just been awesome to see. Yeah, you love to see it. I mean, I know it, it sounds great coming off a three-week break. You think, man, we'll be, you know, well-rested and everything like that, which we are. And we got some injuries back. But, man, you want to stay game sharp, and, game sharp and, like, you know, on form, which we kind of were going into the break. And so it was great seeing them come out and just that attacking – you know, prowess that we had and kind of like we touched on earlier, it was nice seeing us not squander these attacking opportunities that we we had. I felt like we really, as far as you look on um, shots on goal, what we actually finished off on goal and stuff like that, I thought we we looked great and, you know, great goals all throughout the night. And I know um, we, we kind of touched on it was tough to say which one our favorite was, but that actually that outside of the foot goal that Sam had is actually up for MLS goal of the week. Wow. So you can actually go online. Uh, hopefully, if you see this by tomorrow, I don't know when they'll actually post it, but we voted today. And of course, we put in for a dinner and and he was one of the four choices. And so and then I think uh, there was another vote that they had. I think it was Leuven for best player of the week. So, yeah, I mean, played amazing. I mean, it's it's. It's just great seeing that we came back, like you said, with the swagger and that we're not complacent with where we are. We want to finish this thing out at the top of the stadium. I know I think they said where we are right now with points is probably good enough for a playoff spot. But at this point, that's not good enough for us. We nope. need home field advantage. And at this point with this, you know what we're doing, let's win the West and let's. Let's put some pressure on that support field and see where we can get there. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, seven seven points away from it. City actually improves from sixth to fifth in the uh, ESPN power rankings. So pretty exciting to, to see that happen too. Yeah, yeah. It was cool seeing us bump back up. We were sixth previous to this, but uh, they bumped us up to fifth. It said the League's Cup was rough, but they made mincemeat of Austin over the weekend. Getting healthy will be their equivalent of summer signings this season and hopefully will position them for a playoff run. And I think they're exactly right. You know, us getting healthy, it's been almost – it's going to feel like we made even more signings with Nielsen coming back, um, which, you know, we kind of mentioned earlier, but, but, you know, a few signings made their debut that night. Nielsen came on a little later, but Nokvi Thorson came in. And, um, you know, I thought with the time that he had, uh, he did well. And But what I loved – and this just, again, shows how well of a soccer uh, city St. Louis is, is that when both those guys came on, people acknowledged the relevance of who they were and how excited they were because that crowd went nuts, nuts for both of them coming on. Yeah, I could even see on the southwest end whenever those guys were training, 
to get to like to warm up to go into the game. Yep. They were acknowledged. The fans were acknowledging them, and they were in turn acknowledging the fans, which was cool. Um, I made a comment, dude, like Nokfi Thorson. This had to be the hottest game he's ever experienced, being and <laughs> and from Iceland. Yeah. Like I just got a feeling this was brutal for him. Yeah. Um, but he hung in there late, late in the game, and it was great to see Nielsen, who we mentioned earlier, is coming off of a, a couple of goals that he scored at City Two. So kind of getting some some game experience down there, which was great to see him actually finally make that debut because he's a guy that, you know, we said all along, look, we're not at full strength. We haven't been at full strength all season because he's supposed to be our best defender and he hasn't been on the, on the field at all. So great to see him out there. Great to see Thor. <clears throat> Maybe we'll get one of these clapping ovation type things going for when he comes on more often. Yeah. Um, but uh, but very cool to, to see those guys. And just like you mentioned earlier, right with Nico, maybe he's stepped up in, in times where he needed to step up because you just don't know who might be out there that could potentially take playing time from you. And, hey, obviously Nielsen's a defender, but the back line's got to be thinking about that now as well. And uh, with Thorson's ability to, to sort of play that, I guess, what – wing role kind of on the on the in the midfield that's what's kind of exciting about them is they don't uh i think lutz even kind of said we don't really want to nail him down to just a wing role they want to just label him as an attacking player because he can fill in and i think at one point he did kind of an az's position more in the middle but he can fill in you know out on the left wing he is left footed so he can fill out on the left wing he can move into that kind of advanced attacking role or you know late in the game maybe to shore things up and we take the forwards out he can play kind of that higher role he's 6-1 so he's got a little height on him as well but it, it it's cool that he has that um um availability in multiple positions in the attacking so you're not just nailed down to a left wing position. Yeah. A couple other things that have been going on just uh, maybe off the pitch a little bit in the community and that um, talk to us about what's what's coming up and then also maybe some of the things that are planned community wise for uh, for city. Yeah, I think one thing that City announced, I think it was last week or something like that, that I think is a super cool initiative. And just, again, credit to City. And what I love that they're doing is just building soccer throughout the community, not just as a team, is one thing they announced is uh, first mini pitches, we'll say. I think they're going to do 10 of them. Um, they're just going to be little des designated pitches that are just free for people to show up. It looks like from the pictures that they have posted, it's going to be, you know, City uh, branded all over the place. Um, they're just little mini pitches. They're small, customized, hard court surfaces that are well suited to both organized soccer and pickup games. Um, they they advertise them as they're going to be cool for youth as well as adults. Almost a kind of almost sounds like a futsal courses or maybe if you've ever played FIFA Street, it'll kind of be oh yeah something based off that. But I think they said they're planning on doing ten of them, and I think one of them is actually going to be in Fairmount City, I think, oh, over cool. kind of in Collinsville uh, area, which is cool to see it also come into the Illinois side as well. But I think the other nine are going to be kind of all scattered throughout. I think they have one in the process of building, and the rest of them they're kind of looking for uh, just – 2024 dates or something like that to build on them but um maybe maybe me and you need to challenge the city refs to a little two-on-two -two, uh, i mean on that Collinsville location. i mean hey if, if you if you take me on the team yeah we'll have tryouts and we'll see how it goes <laughs> maybe maybe cameron will bump yeah. in there we'll, we'll we'll see but yeah i think it's i think it's super cool i think it's already cool that they they announced that they've had like 1500 kids participate in the city futures training so i mean getting the excitement for kids, um, kind of like we touched on, that soccer can be a very, you know, unfortunately expensive sport um, in America. Are, yeah, they I know they all are, are but it, it excludes just, I feel like, a lot of kids playing it, which is kind of a bummer. So what they're doing for the community, building up the excitement for soccer, not only on the field but off, I think is super cool. Um, another thing that they're going to be doing is they have what's called the City Sprint coming up. Um, it's going to be Sunday, September 17th at 1.30 p.m., and it's going to be a mile and you get to kind of run around the course. And actually, if you sign up, you get a free ticket with your uh, sign-up to go to the City 2 game that night. I believe they play LA Galaxy 2. And so it sounds like a cool event. They have all different sorts of categories. So age group, you can do either a competitive mile where top times kind of will get you prizes that you can win, or you could just do a recreational mile, bring the kids, walk it, whatever you want to do. I think it's going to be a cool event. Uh, you'll get a free t-shirt and I, I don't know what else maybe you could pick up with your, uh, pack, but you'll get a little, uh, number chip, whether you do competitive or not. So even if you don't want to just compete, but you just want to run it and see what you can do, 
you'll get to see your times and see where you kind of stack up in your age groups and all like that. And then, like I said, you'll get a free t-shirt and a ticket to September's 17th game directly after later that night where city two will take on the galaxy two. So not only do you get to do a cool thing, run around city park and experience all the cool views of downtown, but you'll also get a free game to the match. So just another cool thing that kind of city is adding in, um, building the community. What uh, what else you got for us here as we wrap up? Uh, quick, just cover. We will cover that the League's Cup did end and Miami did win on penalties. It actually went 11 rounds, and so Miami won on Nashville's goalkeeper wow. missing theirs. So, bummer way to go out, but it was a good, exciting game, um, and Miami took home the Cup like they needed more prize money to add towards those uh, bills of paying for a few players. And you know, stuff. I bet on every single Miami game, and I bet the same bet, Miami to win – and messy to score every single game and i won every single time <laughs> except this one because it went to pks it didn't oh. happen in regulation and messy scored early yes. so i'm like there's no sweat this is i'm no no problem at all and then as soon as i got to the end you know and they had another opportunity to score um, it was a wild game man but unfortunately going to pk so i didn't i didn't hit on that one but uh I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. The Miami thing, we talked about it at City Park on Sunday night. You know, it went from really fun to watch and like something really special to just kind of take in to like, all right, this is getting a little old exactly. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh who knows, man, like they could potentially make a, a run and, and get into the playoffs. It seems weird to think they got 18 points, I think, right now. They got a long road to go, but geez, if they the do. The playing is, and they got like three of the best players. I mean, obviously the best player in the world uh, for the last several years. But like, I mean, look, the, the other guys, Jordi Alba and Busquets, like solid as well. So three of the best players in the whole league on this one team all of a sudden, like what was a dumpster fire might be a, a real problem. Yeah, I'm going to want to see those. uh financial books whenever they finish that out but yeah uh so congrats to them i guess uh but also uh the women's world cup ended up spain edged out england in the final with a 1-0 win so congratulations to spain if you are spanish uh but for us americans not a good showing in the world cup so we're not just going to move on from that but again congratulations and again we keep saying save that spot in the team of the match day for leuven but cool seeing nico get in with that fantastic performance and sam on the bench as well you love to see it. Um, don't forget, um, also, shout out. We love them. The sponsor, Postal Coffee. Make sure when you go to Postal Coffee's website, postalcoffeeco.com, on your first order, you make sure you put in that code SOUTHEND in the promo code, and you'll receive 50% off that first order. And first five orders that we have going out, we'll get some South End supporter stickers in their order. So who doesn't want that? So to keep up with all that, make sure you're following us on all our socials at Instagram, we're South End Supporters. Our ex Twitter account is capital SES underscore podcast STL. And then follow us on our Facebook page so you see all exciting updates, everything that's going on with the South End Supporters. Another episode in the books. One, of course, like Eric said, say thank you so much to Postal Coffee for sponsoring and welcoming back RPR Renovations, sponsoring this program here as well. Thank you so much for listening. For Eric Cole, this is David Heck. You've been listening to South End Supporters. We'll see you next week. And until then, let's go city.